Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hi, it's Jackie Cation And you are listening to The Dork Forest The website's JackieCation.com DorkForest.com TheDorkForest.com if you like a determiner Let's do the credits. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio and video. Vilmos works on JackieCation.com. And Mike Rickberg uh, sang the song with his wife, Sarah. He composed it, and he will sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of this show. Thank you so much for listening to The Dorks Forest. Here's a scoop. I'm doing stand-up online. A lot of Zoom shows will eventually go back on the road. Sign up for my email list. It's easy to get off. It's harder to get on than it is to get off. And no harm, no foul, if ever bored. JackieCasia.com. Sign up for the email list. You'll find out about my weekly Zoom shows and stand-up on the road eventually. You may donate to the show if you would like. I would like. Sure, I would. There's PayPal, Jackie at JackieCation.com, and there is a PayPal button on both DorkForest.com and JackieCation.com, and there's Venmo, if you like Venmo, Jackie-Cation, oddly enough. If you have listened to all of the shows, go to DorkForest.Bandcamp.com, I think. The Dork Forest has a Bandcamp page. You can listen to a, but a lot of ones that are free from pre 2000 nine when I started pre-recording and uh, then there's a live episodes that cost me a couple of bucks. So I charge you a couple of bucks. There's also some stand up. There's a story uh, album. That's very exciting there. And um, other than that, I have a lot of merch in my garage. Feel free to order if you know anybody who doesn't have any CDs or the DVD. And uh, you can follow me everywhere at Jackie Cation. Let's get into the show. Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. I'm in my uh, living room. Actually, I'm not. Andy's in our living room. I'm in the garage. And Lee Bennett is joining the show again because it's a D.C. topic. And you know who knows about D.C.? Uh, Lee Bennett. He's he's dipped in the long boxes. And that sounds like a dick joke, but isn't. Welcome to the show, Lee Bennett. Thank you. Good to be here. (laughs) <laughs> we all at the okay. hall of justice you're at the hall of justice now here's the thing this is a spoiler episode about wonder woman we're going to talk about all of it so if you have not yet seen wonder woman and care uh go away uh come back when you have seen wonder woman uh and uh if you do not care and just want to hear the awesome rabbit hole that we're about to go down tune in uh and if you have already seen it uh listen up because we're going to do it um my name is Jackie Cash. We've got Lee Bennett here. We've got Andy Ashcraft. Spoiler episode about Wonder Woman. But let's start, if we could, with the history of Wonder Woman. What do we know? Like, did you saw the first movie, obviously, right? Yes. And did you like it? I did, actually. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Me too. You know, they, of course, changed the history from the comics to put her in World War One as opposed to World War Two. But, you know, otherwise it was fairly similar. Okay. I did not know that. Is that like who I know that they create that were the wonder woman was created, I think in the thirties or something by some psychiatrist or something. Yeah. William Martin, William Moulton Marsden. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Sensation comics. Number one, I think 1939. Okay. So was her first appearance. Oh, so it was, uh, and so, and she, had those boots, and she was wearing that outfit from the get? 
Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it was a little bit different, but not too much. Okay. I think it, I think ha- I think it had sort of like a Roman skirt on it as opposed to, uh, you know, anything else. A body else. suit, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think she had the lasso from the get-go, too, yes. because that guy was also uh, known because he's one of the inventors of the, of the, uh, uh, the, the lie detector machine, yeah. right? He came up with a uh, he came up with a system for doing a lie detector machine based on uh, heart rate. Um, okay. You can argue as to whether or not it actually worked, but he developed a system, and you know he said that uh, that was before he created Wonder Woman for the comic books. Um, and okay. the lasso the lasso may have come from something he was thinking about because you know he was a, a psychiatrist and a professor. And that sort right. of stuff, according to what I've read. So in the first movie it was World War One. She falls in love with Steve Trevor, airline air, airline pilot. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> World War One pilot. And and uh, he ends up sacrificing himself at the end of that film um, to get rid of all the gas bombs and put them in the in the uh, in. I don't know what the science is on that, by the way, but he, he got him up high enough so that it no longer affected. Uh, it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to affect. He sacrificed himself for the good of humanity. And then, but her whole message of the first one was about love and about um, anti-war and all this stuff. And now we're just, we're 60 years later, right? Right. Uh, it, it, in 1918 and now it's 1984. So whatever. So it's a little more than 60 years later. What, what has she been doing in this interim time? We don't know, but she has not been clearly, she's been getting rid of cameras because that first scene. (laughs) And and trying to remain secret, I think was the whole point because nobody knows she exists. Um, so presumably she's been doing stuff here and there and rescuing people. And I guess every 20 years or so recreating her life and moving someplace else, you know, that's what right. you have to do, I guess, when you're, you know, effectively immortal. That's what all the other types of those stories say. That's yeah. right. All the, all the vampire stories. Yeah. I wasn't going to get into Twilight and all this, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, so we we the, the first scene again is is a, on on the island, which I forget the name of, and she's Themyscira. working. Emascara. Emascara. Okay, and, uh, do, you, and do you think it's pronounced differently, Andy? No, no, no. I okay. I always called it thigh mascara, but I knew that was wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And what, and so, and she's, she's like 10 years old and she's in a contest with other like full grown warriors and, um, and she, and she doesn't, and and she does well and she does. And it was, it was one of my favorite scenes of the movie, right? Cause, uh, it was, she learned that, uh, you don't get to win if you cheat and, um, and that, and, and so buttercup stops her from cheating and uh who's but i want to see a buttercup movie i don't know about you guys oh yeah oh yeah all in on a buttercup movie um yeah so what what did you did you guys like that i mean that was good action yeah it was a good opening it was a good opening scene i mean it had its it had its point um its moral point which would play off later in the story 
payoff later in the story, of course. So, yeah. So I mean, the and the moral point is that uh, you don't get to you don't get to cheat, and yeah. and the whole point of the movie is you don't get to wish, which is yeah. cheating. Yeah, it's it's you know, but it's it's truth, um, you know, truth and justice. Uh, that's the whole point is that she was cheating. She was lying. She was not being truthful to herself right. and everything. And that's how at the end she becomes victorious is making, making people see the truth of what they have wished for, that there's a downside to it. Right. It's a, I mean, it's, it's, it, and a, and a wish is the ultimate shortcut for some, for many of the people who were wishing, you know, I mean, uh, Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian, his message <laughs> was um, that you you could you could cheat. That was it. You don't even have to. There was some line in the second time I saw it where he said, "You don't even have to work hard." And you're like, "Dude, that's right." That was his pitch in the uh, in the television commercial that we saw at the beginning on the in the screens and the and the tele the the TV showroom. Right, you could have anything. You could have anything and you don't even have to really even work for it. Yeah. It was such a weird message. Did it feel 84? I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it <laughs> felt, you know, the, the televangelist, uh, you know, um, huckster 1984. Of course, that's no different than right now. But Right, right. 1984 seems to have re re retained its uh, uh, still plight. The only thing that uh, did not feel 1984 for me was no shoulder pads on any of her outfits. <laughs> <laughs> I missed out on the shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah, we didn't see nearly didn't enough. that one, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> no shoulder pads and no, if I remember 1984 correctly, it was full of neon colors. Oh, it did you have know, a lot more. Like the day glow oranges and day glow greens and day glow pinks very pot i yeah i they, they were psyched about being in night the filmmakers were psyched about being in 1984 but they didn't seem to embrace it as much as i thought they would have because because yeah, i've seen people complain about the lack of the lack of 1984 music mm. the only the only bit we see or hear is in the party that she goes to where they're they're playing relax the very beginning of uh yeah of the, oh, the, the big album party. version of Relax. Right, the Smithsonian party. Yep. Yeah. So so she's in D.C., and she's supposedly reinventing her life every 20 years. Well, I mean, and, it's a number I made up, but yeah, who knows? She, I mean, yeah. at some point, about the point that somebody would recognize that she's not aging, there's, right. you know, there's got to be an accident or something, and then she's got to start over. Right. Who, who wants to move? Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, so but I but it, what's interesting to me? So the first scene is that flashback scene where we get the moral, right? Where we get a, what what whatever we're going to learn in this movie, we're going to find out when she's ten, right? And she's going to have to learn it because there was that was one of the realest moments in that movie when that kid was just crying, when the ten year old's crying, going, "But I would have won, but I would have won," and and Buttercup's <laughs> like, "Yeah, yeah, no, Ant Antiope, Antiope, that's her name, okay." <laughs> and uh yeah so and i loved all the horseback all, all the tricks and all the acrobatics and the ring work oh that, yeah it was super it was that that opening sequence is is phenomenal yeah and then and then what, what uh, i forget even what the first scene where we see wonder woman where is she <laughs> that that's is it, uh, 
the first the scene is when she, well, she's rescuing several people in the street. There's, you know, the little flashes where she flashes across the screen oh, right. and she saves somebody. But yeah, the jogger. Then the, the first the... big scene is the fight scene at the mall. Right. Okay. With like with 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 the Keystone Cops of of of, of robbers uh, of, of robbers. Uh, yeah. yeah. They were pretty buffoonish. They did feel kind of like a Christopher Reeves Superman kind of world. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've read that she that Patty Jenkins, the director, was loves those movies, and so wanted to make them wanted to have that feel. Okay. Yeah. I yeah she loves I those nineteen eighties. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And to me, it was sort of an interesting because it's a it's an interesting tonal shift, right? Because that opening sequence in, in Themyscira is very modern looking and feeling. And then you shift into this 1984 moment in the mall and it feels just the filmmaking of it feels kind of old fashioned. It feels like it was made in the 1980s. Like the even the stunt work and the wire work is a little bit a little bit more, you know, she she flies around or jumps around in the same way that sort of Superman sort of flies around. Uh, it just sort of like, there's just something about it, the way it's lit. Uh, there's just something about it that makes it feel like it's one of those movies. And I think that's all, that's all completely and utterly on purpose. Okay. So purposeful, you thought that she did that. Yeah. And then, and then when does it change again? I feel like it shifts... Um, I think it shifts when we, uh, we, we get to see the life of our villain, when we get to see, um, uh, um, uh, what's his walk name? into his shit, Pe- Pedro, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Max, Max Lord. Lord, Max yeah. Lord, when Max Lord goes, goes back to his, to his, his headquarters and it's empty and we get to see that life. I think that's where the tonal shift happens. It ceases to be like the 1980s movie and it becomes a more modern movie. What's the history of Max Lord though, Lee? Let me. Okay. Well, you know, he first showed up in justice league. Um, just a, one of the reboots of justice league. Don't ask me to count which (laughs) one it was. Um, it was a, the comic was justice league as opposed to justice league of America. It was in, um, 1987, I believe, uh, and it was uh, written by Keith Giffen, and he had redone, he was redoing the Justice League for probably about the fifth time. Um, It was uh, post-crisis, I believe, but uh, he, he reset the tone, and Max Lord is a businessman, like he sort of is here, but he is setting up a version of the Justice League, a new one, because they sort of disbanded him and gone for a while. I don't recall why. It's been a long time since I read those comics. Uh, but with a new version of the Justice League with a lot of new characters. So it has Martian Manhunter. That's first where you see Booster Gold teaming up with Blue Beetle. Um, you have Guy Gardner as the Green Lantern. You have Batman. Okay. And- Who's I Booster want to say Gold? A little bit, yeah. Bo- Who's huh? Booster Gold? If we could weed off quickly here and tell me who Booster Gold Booster is. Booster Gold is somebody from the future who has a, a number of items of future tech, which he uses to go back in the past and be a superhero because he's kind of a failed person in the future. I don't remember too many more details than that. Okay, so he oh, so he literally just takes his tech, comes back here so that yeah. he can be a hero. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, he has like a. Um, 
I think he has a Legion flight ring. Yeah, I think may, in, in some version of it, he had one of Brainiac 5's um, force field belts. Oh, and so it's not even his own tech. Things. No, it's, it's not even his own tech. He robbed <laughs> it out of the museum, as I recall. Oh, my gosh. So, well, at least he's using his powers for good, but he wanted, yeah. to, he wanted to be a hero, but he, didn't, he couldn't do it in, in his own time. No. And then the Blue Beetle, what's his jam? Does Blue he Beetle. drive a beetle? No. <laughs> Blue yes. Beetle is one of those interesting oh. characters because <laughs> it would, yeah, he has, you know, he has a flying beetle, um, sort of like, uh, mm-hmm. sort of like the uh, Night Owl in The Watchmen, and the reason for that is those were based on the original Blue Beetle that was done for Charlton Comics, and before, and those, the rights of those, um, when Watchmen was originally thought out, when you know the author originally thought about that. He wanted to use these old Charlton characters. But in the meantime, DC had bought them up because they wanted to use them in their comics. So they didn't want him writing this dystopian uh, comic okay. book using these new characters that they were planning on using in their mainstream. So he okay. had to invent the whole, he had to invent brand new characters, which so the probably owl, worked out better. better. So the but, owl and the watchman yeah. is, is, is Blue Beetle. Effectively Blue Beetle. Oh, okay. All so, right. But instead of, you know, instead of a flying beetle, he has a flying owl. And he's um, basically, okay. he's a Bruce Wayne sort of character. He's a, he's, yeah. uh, you know. A detective-y? He, well, more tech technology. He doesn't have any superpowers of his own. He just has gadgets. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Blue yeah, Beetle's but, gadget guy, but with a mm-hmm. flying beetle. Yeah. Yes. He, he, he also, a, he runs a tech company, uh, Cord Industries, which you'll see popping up here and there in the Arrowverse shows that refer to Cord Industries. Okay. Um, but that's where that came from. Um, and, you know, he, he's an inventor. He invents all this stuff. Um, and, you know, like inventors do in comic books, he goes sure. on to fight crime. Mm-hmm. The best ones do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so Max Lord, yeah? yeah? Yeah. And Max Lord is the guy who's putting these all together. His motives are really unclear for a long time. There's indications that he's doing it for the right purposes. There's indications that he's shady um, and wants to use this to gain power behind the scenes. He doesn't have mental powers at this okay. point in the comics. That comes later in um, a storyline called Invasion, where the Dominators, who are villains from the um, Legion of Superheroes stuff, come in as experimental people and... He gains these mental powers, which in the comics allows him to give people a kind of a push, a mental push to do something they'd probably be inclined to do anyway. Okay. And then so it's not that, super. It's it's not it's not he can't control them or or anything. Initially. Initially, okay. Yeah. And then it he, continues to ramp up and up, um, and they get more and more powerful. Uh, and eventually he gets to the point where if he works at it hard enough, he can control Superman. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. When you can control Superman, that's bad news. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, you, you, you want to leave Superman alone unless Superman's yeah. gone, gone rogue. Um, what does is is with the Max Lord character? Was there ever a wish stone that you know no. of? In the, the, no. So that that, that, that was, was probably that was whole cloth the, new as okay. far as I can figure out. Cause, cause that was a, it was a wish stone that it looked kind of like the Lord of the Rings when it burned, when he becomes mm-hmm. 
the the stone and then there's stuff written on the inside as well as written on the outside. Yeah. We never do get to see what the hell, but she she mentions that there's a lot of gods and some right. of them are different. And it's written in the god language. Whatever's written on the inside is written in the god language, whatever that happens to be. Okay. Yeah. And um super ancient Greek. <laughs> super, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The 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 words of Mordor and yeah, I- uh but the so so he's he's mostly just a mentalist kind of uh, entrepreneur business guy in the comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the one thing they did carry over when he was granting the wishes, you could see like his ear bleeding a little bit and his nose bleeding every once in a while. That was one of the telltale things and the signs in the comics that he had used his powers and he really pushed his powers as his nose would start bleeding. Oh, okay. And so that that was one of the telltale scenes they used in the comics when somebody else starts acting really weird, you'd flip to Max Lord and his nose would be bleeding. And it's like, <laughs> okay, well, he did it. Um, kind of things. You know, it, it's a good visual tell. And yeah. they they put they brought that into uh into the movie. The uh DC I've noticed hasn't doesn't do as many Easter eggs or I and and this is probably just because I don't I don't know enough about DC, but did you see any Easter eggs that? I mean, there was a few, um, you know, you could talk about, they aren't like DC Easter eggs as much as it is homages to the original movie is that she's obviously maintained some connection to those characters. You see her in in a scene with Etta Candy being much older and I haven't watched it, but once um, and I wasn't freeze framing it when I was watching it once because my wife would have yelled at me. But um, <laughs> next time, <laughs> th- yeah, there was a scene where there's some scene where she's at of a wedding, and I'm guessing somebody else out there has probably freeze framed it already. But I'm guessing it was one of the other characters um, from the original movie getting married. Uh, oh, so, okay. Oh, but, that that team. Yeah. Yeah, but there were a couple of other. Easy- Easter eggs. There was, of course, the other businessman that Max Lord is involved in, Simon Stagg, oh, um, yeah. who's a character from the comic books. Oh, um, is he's he? actually a character from the Metamorpho comics from back in uh, the 50s. Oh, wow. And um, he's, the, he's the guy who runs the company that's doing experiments that create Metamorpho. Oh, that's okay. interesting. Yeah. What is and, Metamorpho again? Uh, Metamorpho is, he is a, he's a hero. I mean, he was created in a uh, industrial accident effectively, and it allowed him to assume the powers of the four elements, um, fire, earth, air, and water. And so, you know, he he could become sort of like, uh, you know, he could project flame and earth and yeah. water and stuff like that. Um, it changes shape. Also, yeah, shape-shifting, shape-shifting yeah. and, and changing the material of his, of his body too, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. Later, later on, he could uh, uh, turn into pretty much uh, anything he wanted kind of stuff, but it remained it, it, the things he turned into, as I recall, um, retained some of the primary colors that he had, which was like orange and blue and white. Or something yeah. like that. I mean, all those things are artifacts of the old printing capabilities. Right, right. But, and and is that Simon Stagg or is that someone else entirely? Simon uh, someone Stagg. else entirely. Um, okay. What was Simon Rep- Stagg's jam? Yeah, Simon Stagg is the guy who owned that company. 
Okay. Um, that uh, you know who created was, who created Metamorpho. Who cr- that created okay. Metamorpho. Metamorpho's real name was Rex something. I don't remember his last awesome. name. But <laughs> the the one thing interesting about Metamorpho, the Metamorpho comic books, is uh, the one thing I'll throw out there with a slight little connection to Wonder Woman and why the name was probably used. It was. Um, drawn by one of the really great women artists in comic books, Ramona Fraden. Okay. So who did, uh, whose big work was uh, Aquaman and Metamorpho. And then later um, she took over the Brenda Starr uh, newspaper series when the original writer artist retired. Oh, okay. And did that for 20 years, I think, or more. That's That's steady work. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually met her at a couple of uh, at a couple of the conventions. They used to she used to make it to San Diego every once in a while when I could still go to San Diego. Right. So Jeff Johns partially he wrote this movie with Patty Jenkins, or he wrote this movie with Patty Jenkins, and Patty Jenkins got to be a writer on this movie because Jeff Johns is a famous yeah. like he's he's been writing comics for twenty odd years, right? More than that, I think. Maybe yeah. maybe a little over twenty. Yeah, I think he came in and the uh, he was one of those uh, writers that came new writers that came in in the late nineties. Yeah, but I remember him. The the first I remember him or when he came came to my awareness was when he took over Flash. Mm-hmm. And he wrote that really great series. Uh, you know, probably two or three years on the Flash um, that were just fantastic. Yeah, one one of the interesting things the connection to what we were talking about earlier with. Um, the Superman movies and Donner is Jeff Johns came to LA because he wanted to be involved in film and cold called Donner's um, production company and kind of accidentally got on the phone with the man himself and became his production assistant. So, and Donner is the guy who produced, produced Richard, the, the, Richard the, Donner. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, yeah. Superman movies. Yeah. And then he got into comic books later. Um, oh, but that, wow. that was sort of how his starting as a writer is. Uh, you know, he started as a production assistant doing, you know, the kind of low level grunt work that one does. Mm-hmm. Um, but then moved on to being a writer and then got involved in comics and has become really, you know, to my mind, one of the great comic book writers of that time period. He's still writing a lot of comics now. Yeah. Right, so he started writing the Flash, and all and and well, no, Wonder no, Woman. that's just when I first noticed. Yeah, oh, okay. I think he had been writing stuff before that. Yeah, that was just a, when I first. He noticed. did a, a really great run on Superman, um, and then he did a run on JSA and uh, Justice Justice Society. Society of America, but the Society. comic book was called JSA. And interestingly enough, he was the guy who created the character of Star Girl who is somewhat based on his sister who died in a plane accident. Oh, I didn't know that. And, um, but he created the character of Stargirl, which is now um, the character of the, one of the newer CW series. Right. We, oh, watched, right. The, we watched the first episode of that, I think, Jackie. First, yeah. first one or two. Yeah, I, li- you, yeah, I like that. You, you want to talk about the- something that's loaded with Easter eggs. Now that's a series <laughs> that's loaded with Easter eggs. And that's on DC Universe app, right? That's not uh, it's, on... It's one of the CW shows. So I don't know where those are showing these days. I think um, we had a trial for DCW, uh, DC Universe for a month. And we watched a bunch of stuff, including that Harley okay. Quinn cartoon. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it went away. And I was like, ah. Yeah. 
and then I didn't do anything about it. Yeah. And then the other Easter egg, pulling the story back to the other side, the other Easter egg I caught in this one was when they cordoned off part of Cairo um, with the walls and stuff is the nation that the guy wanted to recreate was Bialya, Mm -hmm. which is the one that Black Adam, the, you know, sort of evil uh, Shazam starts okay. to, wants to run and so i actually when i was watching the movie i was like okay are they going to tease black adam here but i think as far i think I haven't they, they already it. they've already they've already released a black adam teaser trailer okay well i, I know they're i know they're planning on making making the movie which i want to say is going to star dwayne johnson that's what uh, yeah that's um, my mem- memory yeah. of it too and they clearly teased it in a um <laughs> deleted scene that was supposed to be at the end of the shazam movie uh, what Okay. Yeah, is they had a deleted scene there where they show an extra throne that's empty. Um, and I, I haven't watched this. A friend of mine was telling me about it. Okay. But that's clearly probably going to be Black Adam. Okay. So how are you spelling Adam? A-D-A-M? A-D-A-M. Yeah. Okay. So, so um, and, and Black Adam is from the, the Easter egg country that that yeah. oil guy was from? Yeah, it was connected yeah. to be, connected to be all you, yeah. Bialya, which I want to say Biali, which is uh, a flattened bagel. Yes. Uh, but it's Bialya. And uh, <laughs> it's the, in the, in the, the Wonder Woman 84, in Wonder Woman 84, it's the country that gets a, the big rock wall around it. Yeah. Right. He says he wanted to, he wants all of his land back. He wishes right. yeah. for all of his land back and for it to be protected. And right. so a wall just grows up in between. Yeah. Um, and it's a giant sand wall, which made me think of that wall in the Bible within around Egypt. Is that what it's supposed to be or no? Or is it supposed to be something else? Do you think now that one? I couldn't tell you, but okay. the, the connection would make sense. But right. I mean, in, you know, in the comics, Black Adam, you know, creates his own country because, you know, he's got all the powers of Shazam. He can do this um, and rule it with an iron fist or whatever to protect the land of his ancestors from, you know, like ancient <laughs> Egyptian times. What are all the powers of Shazam? <laughs> it's... Okay, now you're going to try to make me remember the acronym. Um, <laughs> oh, it's an acronym. Uh, and shit. it's like <laughs> yes. the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the um, speed of Achilles, the power of Zeus, um, and uh, okay, I'm blanking on the A and the M now. I guess the speed of Mercury is the M, and I'm blanking on what the. Well, you no, know, you've already got Atlas. A, you've got yeah. speed already with the with Achilles. Uh, yeah, so I don't remember exactly, but it's it's like four gods, and, you know, it's like four gods and a um, uh, demi a demigod and a philosopher. Um, I don't know how he got in there. Right. Probably the wisdom of Athena or the wisdom of Solomon. But anyway, it can be it can. You can look it up. Um, you can, right, right. No, I love the idea that Shazam is an acronym. Yeah, in the comics, um, it was an acronym. Um, okay. So, but and, it, it and told the, it told the powers that he have. He okay. Had, so, and Black Adam has those powers because yeah. of how? Well, Black Adam was a, a an aversion of the champion from Egyptian times. Oh. And okay. but he starts. You know, he's like. The the analogy is Sinestro in the Green Lantern comics. The power, you know, he wants to use his power to establish an order, no matter what. Oh, okay. Um, and you know, and people will do people will do the right thing or else. Um, 
And so the, you know, the wizard decides that he's not worthy of his power, strips it away. Okay. Comes back like, you know, all good villains do. (laughs) Right, right. Um, Yeah, I just saw Shazam. I had not seen it before. And so um, I I weed off now the the villain in that one. Who was who was the bad guy in that one? The 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 kid who was not worthy. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Doctor, you know, um, Mark Strong is the actor. Oh right, yeah, he was a doctor. Zavana. Yeah. So, but Shazam feels like it it could be part of that sort of Superman and the first part of Wonder Woman world too. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. But there were Superman shows up at the end of it, right? Yeah. Um. Oh, right. That's right. He just, he did show up. Yeah. <laughs> double I have spoiler. To, double spoiler double, episode. Double spoiler. Also Shazam. Also Shazam. And, uh, but I will say that um, my, so my favorite scenes of Wonder Woman were the, the training scene, the sort of the contest in the beginning, the, the scene where um, her and Steve Trevor are with, with the caravan. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the lecture, she, though, of course you gotta love it when she's using the lasso to grab bullets out of the sky, just oh, yeah. out, out of the air. <laughs> the lasso seemed much more versatile than I remember it being, but she could grab clouds. She could grab airplanes as they go by. She can grab bullets as they go by. And oddly enough, cause when you asked me to do this, it's like, okay, well, let me go look at this. Cause that lasso has been reinvented so many times it's crazy um you know wonder woman was one of those characters that was reinvented a bunch of times throughout the comic book history uh and a lot of that is actually based on some of the stuff that was in the comics like Mm -hmm. she could fly by spinning this thing around and creating air currents you know a la thor throwing his hammer Mm -hmm. um and so, you know, a lot of that was, and it was kind of indestructible and she could, she could do a lot of the stuff by whipping it out and grabbing people and things. So that, that was all stuff that, you know, was yeah. sort of in the comics at one point or another. Mm-hmm. I like that she could show people the truth through it as well. Yeah. Not only get the truth from them, but, show it, them. but also show them the truth. Oh, and it also kind of makes sense that she would have figured out how to use it a little better in the last 60 years. Well, right. True. True. Yeah. Cause she had, uh, yeah, she had 60 years of, uh, of elegantly eating alone in, in, in restaurants <laughs> yes. Which, uh, <laughs> and turning coffee cups invisible. And one car. Yeah. Was she, so how did she, how did she get the invisible airplane in the comics? Like, cause she made that airplane that they that, the, stole, yeah, the, by the way, yeah. the invisible airplane, uh, <laughs> I think was something that came from paradise Island from Themyscira. Um, oh, okay. so that, that was something from there. I, the way they did it was something brand new of her being able to make things disappear. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a nice way to create the, mm-hmm. uh, the invisible jet. Which yeah, we want. I thought it we was want nice. the invisible jet. Yeah. Why, who doesn't want the invisible jet? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> we all grew up with it in the in the cartoon, in the Saturday morning cartoon, mm-hmm. where she yeah. could fly around their invisible jet. Didn't yeah. make anything inside it invisible. It was just invisible <laughs> itself. <laughs> that it, was was, also, it was also in the Linda Carter TV series. That's right. That's right. Where so. she's just sitting in a chair in the yeah. sky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Although in the, fir- in the first season, when it was World War II, it was, it was an invisible prop airplane, but details. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Details are important, though. And 
So, but, uh, but I did like, I liked that she could, she could spin and, and use it as a shield and she could, she grabbed that thing out of the, out of that one bullet out of the sky and threw it on the ground. And, um, and then after she makes her wish, she loses her powers and Kristen Wiig gets her powers. Gets, uh, yeah, Kristen, yeah. Kristen Wiig's wish is to be like Diana Prince. Right. And Which includes, she didn't realize, also included superpowers. Mm-hmm. Right. And and then she turns into the cheetah. So how, how what's the what's the comic book history on the cheetah? Do we now that one I'm going to go from vague memory in that she was an archaeologist and a historian, just like yep. in the movie. Yeah. But like a lot of these archaeologists, historians, and comic books, she found some artifact that had a curse on it that uh, backfires and, you know, gives her <laughs> the, the power, you know, starts turning her into an animal. Um, I uh-huh. don't remember which culture that was from in the comic books. I want to say it was South American, but I could be completely wrong on that one. Right, right. I'm, I'm really going from vague memory on that. Okay. And the, but in the comic book, she does turn into a cheetah with a tail. Yeah. A lady, oh, yeah. A lady oh, for with sure. a tail. Yep. Yeah. Because uh, she didn't initially. She just turned into a, sort of a cooler looking version of herself. Mm-hmm. My problem with the Kristen Wiig character, of course, I will only say this once, is that she had three, what had to be two or three doctorates. There's no way she's quite not able to talk about the things that she's passionate about. I can get people to talk for an hour on the Dork Forest without <laughs> any information, just enthusiasm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's a, that that and also I I felt like they missed an opportunity with Kristen Wiig for her to be funny. And there's a scene when 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 she and Diana Prince are out to dinner and it cuts to Diana Prince like the scene opens with Diana Prince laughing and going, "Oh, oh, oh you're so funny." And you're like, "It's Kristen Wiig. Of course she's funny." Yeah, what did she just call- say? You're, what did she say? So I want to know the joke. Right. There were, and and then she makes that room full of people in the, everybody's laughing when. That's right. Yeah. Kristen Wiig's hilarious. She could have even ad-libbed something. I mean, maybe it was, maybe she did ad-lib something, but it was too dark for the movie (laughs) or it was too blue or it was dirty or something, but (laughs) they could have written something for God's sake. But you know, they didn't want the character to be funny. They wanted the character to go from, you know, mousy to seductive to villainous. Um, right. 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 F- funny is just going to make everyone like her more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But she, she ends up being a really good villain. I think, mm-hmm. um, I think they did miss a, an opportunity with that one homeless guy, you know, like when she had, and no, they didn't, they did it. Didn't they? Yeah, they yeah. were, she was yeah. mean to him. She was really nice to him in the beginning. Yeah. And then, and then uh, she when, brought him a meal. Yeah. When she's beating up the creeper and about to kill him, he wanders up and she essentially tells him, you know, go away and leave me alone. Yeah. yeah. Um, mind right. your own business. Yeah. Yeah. Mind your own business is what she says instead of just going, oh, right. Which, you know, would have been a more nuanced character if she would have been like that, too. But she's the only one who doesn't renounce her wish at the end, if I remember correctly. Right. It's ambiguous, I think. I've only watched it once, but I, I thought don't think it was she ambiguous. Does. I don't think she does. 
she she is no longer a cat at the very end. No. She becomes just sort of Okay. Um at one point she has the cat makeup on and then she full on okay. has the tail. Well, that makes <laughs> sense cuz in the movie she effectively gets two wishes. She gets one from the stone which is to become more like Diana Prince including right. the Wonder Woman powers and then she gets a wish from Max Lord after he has become the stone to turn herself into the cheetah to become the, quote, alpha predator, unquote. Uh, right. Apex. On the airplane. That's what they used in the movie. Apex predator, I think. Apex predator. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Oh, my God. She did get, I wondered about that. She did get mm-hmm. two fucking wishes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pardon my language. Uh, but, and it was weird how Max Lord was using the wish thing. He's like, okay, so you, I will grant you that wish, but then I get your oil. Or and right and he, and he every time he granted a wish he could he could give himself a wish too. No, he could control what the the curse was going to be, what the person was going to have to give up, because mm. you know the background oh. of what they found out about the stone. Of course, the guy right. that created it, he would give you a wish, but you would lose something precious to you. And right. so, being the stone himself, I guess he was able to control what the person was losing. And it right. was something that he wanted most of the time until he starts granting wishes to everybody. Right. R- right. And then he just started pointing, I think, at the different cameras going, I'm going to take yeah. your because I remember him saying, I'm going to take your health mm-hmm. and I'm going to take wh- whatever, you know, these yeah. things. Do you know what did his did his son the second time we watched it? I think his son wished f- for to spend more time with his dad. Was that what he wished well, no, he wished he wished ahead, for his dad to because we stopped it and we went back. Remember, we 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 rewound it to because we didn't quite catch it. Yeah, he he wished for his dad to become a great man. Oh, for his dad, was that it? A great man, or was it success, or was it? Uh, I think it was success. I wish for your success. Yeah, it was a weird thing. It was a weird thing for a nine-year-old to wish for. <laughs> but his father led him straight into it. Max well, right. Lord led him straight into it. Yeah. And then yeah. afterwards, the son says, well, I wish this, I wish that. But, you know, he's already had his one. Right. 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 And it's, um, and yeah, because he's looking into the camera going, I wish you were here. I wish you were here. Mm-hmm. And so when, when he starts giving everyone the wishes and there's a lot of Porsches, there's a lot of Porsches <laughs> happening for some reason. Uh <laughs> Okay. And that feels 1984. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does, actually. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, when, <laughs> at the end, when, you know, of course, Wonder Woman talks him down, um, you know, she talks to everybody through the cameras. I thought they were going to go where they were going to go in the comics, but that would have been pretty dark. And where did they go in the comics? Well, in, in the comics, which was part of the lead-in to the Infinite Crisis um, series, which Jeff Johns wrote, since we were talking about him earlier. Um, when I said Max Lord gains the power to control Superman, he does. And Wonder Woman and Batman are trying to stop him because, I mean, this guy controls Superman. He can make him do anything he wants. Um, and Wonder Woman gets to him and gets the lasso on him and compels him to tell uh Tell her, what is it, you know, how can I stop you? And Max Lord says, kill me. So she reaches out and she snaps his neck um, and kills him. 
Mm. And the yeah, yeah, I don't think they could have done that. I I was like, "Are they actually going to go there?" As I was watching this, (laughs) yeah, because she was trying to get the she was trying to get the rope around him. Right. Well, and one of the things that the the book that they found had told them is like, you either have to renounce your wish or you have to stop him. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, "Are they going to go there?" Mm -hmm. Um, And in the comics, it goes on and on because. uh, Wonder Woman just reaching out and in cold and seemingly in cold blood, snapping this guy's neck gets broadcast to TVs all over the world. Mm. Um, so Which everybody sees her. What would have happened? That's that would have happened. Probably. Yeah. 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 Um, but that's not where they uh, went in, in this one. But like I said, that would have been really dark. Yeah. <laughs> that would I'm not a, have fit the tone of the movie at all. No, I'm really like the, the way that she handled it. I've seen mm-hmm. people complain that, you know, the end of it was like, Oh, the woman just gets to talk the guy down, but she's already had her big battle sequence with, with, with her physical nemesis. And so now she has to have the, 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 the crisis with her, with the, with the, the emotional, the the sort of spiritual nemesis, yeah, of, of Max Lord, and and convincing people to renounce their wishes, mostly convincing him to renounce his mm-hmm. wish, but also convince she convinces a lot of other people to renounce their wishes too. Not everybody, clearly. I mean, there's there'd be no way, right? Uh, but there's the there was the 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 scene in the in the sort of the bodega or the diner where that guy is like. The, the woman says, I wish all you people would go back to where you're from. And, right. and then you see Bobby's just arresting Irish people out in the street. And that guy right. goes, well, I wish you were dead. And then she goes, ah, and falls down. Yeah. And uh, so, the, I mean, it was kind of cool. And then Ronald Reagan renouncing his wish. That mm-hmm. was very important. Mm-hmm. That felt... But you know, that's what, one of the things that Wonder Woman is supposed to be about is, you know, having helping people see their better selves, helping them become their better selves. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things that she's supposed to be about. Yeah. Really? And I'm and I'm really glad that they that they managed to write that and write an ending where she could do that. Because mm-hmm. that's not an easy thing. to. I mean, no. you know, these sort of these are non visual things. Right. And so she they managed to write in a visual, in a visual storytelling mode in a, in a, in a big blockbuster film, a way for her to do that. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. That, that, that was clearly, I mean, there were some cool, there were some great stunts and some cool uh, scenes in it, but that was clearly the greatest speech. And the, then the best scene is when she's got the thing wrapped around him and she's, and she's like, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to them. <laughs> and, uh, and that yeah. was, that was out. I need to actually watch that again now, uh, <laughs> because it's just it's it's one of those scenes like in Captain Marvel when she's talking to Annette Benning and she goes, uh, "I've been fighting with one hand tied behind my back," yep. and she takes the control thing off her neck. I was like, "Oh shit!" And uh, <laughs> so when Wonder Woman is just like, literally, that's what Wonder Woman has to be in the whole. And it's too bad that that wasn't kind of, it's hard to sustain that. Like you said, it's hard to write that mm-hmm. for an hour and a half. It was a little too long. And then we can talk about the problems with, you know, was his name Tim? I keep thinking his name. Well, I, was you Tim. know, I just looked him up on, on IMDb and in the script, he's just a uh, handsome guy. 
Oh, the guy that Steve Trevor takes over his body? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I thought his name was Tim. <laughs> I, they may have mentioned it at some point in the... Because, I right. mean, it's not like they didn't have his 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 wallet. Right. <laughs> right. They, I don't know why Steve Trevor needed an apartment and a wardrobe. They could have just done what they did in the first Wonder Woman movie and gone to the Gap. Well, yeah, you know, and I or, think that they or, didn't want to do that. They probably they probably didn't want to make it that exact, oh, even but, though it was the it was the reverse scene, right? Right. Do you remember that that store in 1984? It was like there was the women's version was an id, and then there was a man's version where all the shirts didn't have collars and they were checkered black and white. I mean, literally structure. It, I think was the name of the store. <laughs> I think it was structure. I would have loved that I, scene. I like that store. <laughs> Can't say that I remember any of those, but those weren't the kind of places I shopped in the eighties. So, you know. Yeah, it was a. It was more of a. Um, it, but they. But they. They didn't do that. Instead, she. He takes over the body of an existing person with a soul, who I guess is then shunted off to wherever Steve Trevor's soul was. I guess well, one of the ambiguous things in the movie is anybody else but her seeing him as Steve Trevor. You know, because oh, she makes the comment too. that I caught is like, I see nothing but you. Right. But nobody else, you know, to everybody else, he's just a generic guy. He's just who that happens guy. to show up with Diana Prince. Right. Which so, means that he's got that guy's fingerprints and he's just now stolen a, a jet from the Smithsonian. Right. Uh, there's all not kinds to, of trouble. Not to mention, not to mention all sorts of stuff in the White House. But you know, right, right, and then, yeah. Then there's a fight in the White House, which he's which he's involved in. So that guy is in a lot of trouble at the end of this movie. Well, assuming all of that <laughs> stuff wasn't just uh, you know sort of, re completely reset by everybody losing their wishes. Right, right. Um, and so that's a, that's a that's a very good argument that that when she renounces her wish, he he know that it, none none of it happened. Yeah. The only the, thing that appeared, the only thing that appears to be to have remained, was all the garbage everywhere. That's what I was going to say. It was like there was a lot of litter. Right. I was like, so everybody but they did get rid of all the bombs, like all right. the bombs that were flying around. They all yeah. got, they all got undid. The giant uh, sand wall, the wall the came crumbling down like Jericho. Yeah. And uh, my second biblical reference: what's happening? And uh, so, <laughs> the uh, yeah, I think, um, but it is weird. That that guy, like, they could have just created a Steve Trevor. Like, he could have just popped back into into existence. Yeah. So that's why, but ultimately, going back to the, the apartment, I think this this is why I think they did it this way, is so that they could have the apartment and have the, the changing clothes scene so that instead of going to a store, because going to the store would have been the exact opposite thing. Okay. And they wanted it to not be exactly opposite. So they w instead did this other morally reprehensible thing of having them take over somebody else's body. Right. In order to get a clothing change scene. Right. Which <laughs> to, get the fish, to get the fish out of water scene. Yeah. You know, all the stuff that he doesn't, that's new and different. Right. But they could have still done that. They could yeah, have no, done like. I, I'm not arguing with you. Yeah. yeah. It's just the, the clothing, you know, is no. like, th that's all they really bought with, with, with making that choice to have him like possess somebody else's body, all they really bought was getting to go through that guy's closet. Right. Right. <laughs> but though they did have a very sweet moment 
with that guy at the end of the movie with that weird outfit. Yeah, the pirate That's outfit. sort of that drapey scarf business. And uh, so that mm-hmm. was a nice scene that pointed out that that guy was an okay guy. Right. Right? He, he wasn't... <laughs> he wasn't a creepo like he they, was when we saw him at the very, very beginning. Or we thought he was a creepo, but it turns out he was Steve Trevor. Oh, when he's... Is that the first time we see him is at the party? Yeah. When he, yeah. when he's chasing after. So we, but they live in the same building, but it just hasn't, they've never really no. met before. No, no, no. They don't? No, they don't live in the same building. Oh, okay. Interesting. I thought they, uh, I thought they did. So, uh, no, so at the end. Look, he had to look up her address in the, uh, in the phone book. Oh, that's right. That was written in the. Yeah. And, well, it's good of her to be listed. Uh, right i mean if you're going to create a secret idea every 20 years it's important to have them all listed (laughs) right she's is she gonna be you know it was 1984 (laughs) right 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 right. phone books were a big deal uh yeah everyone has my address it's very interesting but um the the weird thing i was thinking about so at the end of the movie is there another movie like what's the next movie oh that's a good question now, supposedly they've already fast tracked it, but you know, mm-hmm. do they? I think the next one they probably jump to modern times, um, right? You would so. think, or it, and because she's also been in like the Wonder Woman character. I have not seen the Justice League movie, but she no. was in that, right? Yes, mm-hmm. or she was in Batman versus Superman, both. or she was in both, yeah, but yeah, very briefly in Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. Some fairly decent scenes. You know, she was in four or five oh, scenes. A no, couple no, of them right. pretty long. That's right. Yeah. You're right. Sorry, I was I was just thinking about the. Uh, I, I conflated the. I the, I had placed the last scene in the the post credit scene of Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman movie, mm-hmm. into that movie, but that's not yeah. where it existed. Yeah, it yeah. partially exists in in that movie. Right. But yeah. Right. And, right. Right. And and those and Batman versus Superman and the the Justice. League. League? Yeah. yeah. Those both took place in modern times, right? Yeah, 2006, right. Mm-hmm. 2000, whatever, whenever right. they were made. Um, I can't believe I haven't seen either of them, but we um, saw, we saw one on the airplane. We saw the Batman versus Superman on the airplane. I saw parts yeah. of it. Justice yeah. League, Justice League has its moments. Okay. Um, I'm probably not going to z- see the Zack Snyder cut unless everybody starts saying, Oh wow, this is fantastic. I'm not going to get, into the whole two different cuts of the movies and the various problems with Justice mm. League. There's a lot of stuff there to unpack. But, um, <laughs> Is there? The, uh, What's um, wrong? What, what happened? Well, it's just, you know... It's a mess. It, it's a mess. Um, I'll t- I, I can talk to you about it later, but for the <laughs> podcast, it would be a heck of a lot of stuff to unpack that Is it I don't want to get episode? into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And maybe get somebody else for that one. But uh, <laughs> it's somebody just, who's actually enthusiastic about yeah, it. To it, it has a lot of stuff in it. And Batman versus Superman is is a, is even more of a mess than Justice League. Um, they both have great scenes. I mean, some just great scenes. But the movies themselves are a bit of a mess. But what, she's in any, both of them. Were, in, was she in any, any of the great scenes? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. 
What um, was a great scene in Batman versus Superman with oh, the, Wonder Woman? The, there's the scene where she shows up at a party that Bruce Wayne is at. And um, they have a, a dialogue because he's trying to seal, steal some stuff from um, Lex Luthor. And, you know, she's trying to steal the same stuff from Lex Luthor. And, you know, <laughs> Diana Prince and Bruce Wayne have this thing about, uh, you know, they both recognize what the other's trying to do and, um, and everything. So they have this great scene between the two of them. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, do they both know each other's secret identities? Not at that point. Oh, interesting. All yeah. right. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. and then is there a good scene with her in the Superman, the JLA? Oh, yeah. There, there's a there's several of them in there. What's um, a good one? I mean, the, the fight scene at the end, she's fantastic in. Oh, cool. Um, there's, all, there's also the scene where Aquaman ends up sitting on her lasso of truth and babbling out um, what he actually <laughs> thinks is uh, <laughs> is happening or what's going to happen is it's hysterical. It's really funny. Oh, good um, stuff. Okay. And she has she has a really good scene with Cyborg in that one too. Okay. Um, but you know, so anyway, but I think at this, the third one they could jump into modern times. Who knows what they'll do? They, you know, in theory, right. the cheetah is still around. Um, right. There's other good Wonder Woman villains out there. Um, there was. Say, I'm 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 hoping that Mister Mind recruits her as well. <laughs> To create the uh, the 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 villain group, yeah. Uh, oh, Cheetah. Yeah. So it'll have it'll have Doctor Zavanna and Cheetah, and who else would be in it? Who? What other villains have they left alive? Lex oh, Luthor. Yeah, uh, that that's interesting. Yeah, because you you know you could create the whole in you know. Um, Let's see. Injustice Society is Justice League, which they're doing over on Star Girl. But mm -hmm. what was the uh, what was the group in? Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was the, called. In, yeah, the. Uh, but it was Cheetah yeah, and the League of Villains or something like that. But the, you know, it's it was it, League of you know, with the Justice League background that I'm using. It was the opposite of the Justice League in the Super Friends TV series. Right. Right. Um, okay, and it would be um, and Mr. Mind, who is not Brainiac. No, yeah. Mr. Mind, Mr. Is, Mind is that little worm at the end of um, oh, Shazam. Shazam. Yeah. Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom. Thank you, Andy. Okay. Yeah, I had to look so, it up. The Legion of Doom is run by Mr. Mind. And Mr. Mind is the worm at the end of Shazam. This, this is this is all conjecture. This is all just oh, no. wishful, wishful thinking at this point. Yeah. Well, that's what that's what these last 10 minutes are going to be, my friend. <laughs> uh, what I need, though, is I need, first of all, how did he become a tiny worm? Is he an alien? Yes. Yeah. OK, so Mr. Mind. Uh, and is there a Mrs. Mind? Are there uh, a thousand larvae? What's happening? <laughs> What do we know about Mr. Mind? Well, the, the interesting thing is which way are they going to go in the next Shazam movie? Because they're obviously going to have um, Black Adam in it. But Mr. Mind at the end of that talks about there's other ways to reach these other realms. And again, let's go back to Jeff Johns and the stuff he's writing in the current Shazam comic where oh, okay. he has the other um, kids that become the other versions of the Captain Marvel character. Darla. Um, and uh, in there, you know, they have Black Adam and they have the wizard and they have some of those other characters and you can go to these seven realms, as they call them in mm -hmm. there. Um, but it, it's a really, it's a really interesting comic. It was one of those where about three or four issues came out and then the whole pandemic shutdown happened. 
Um, and we, it was like four or five months before we got to read the next issue, something like right. that. Oh, wow. And, but he's been doing some interesting, interesting stuff over there that, uh, I okay. think started some of the stuff that may have been in the Shazam movie. It's not clear to me if the Shazam movie started what was in the comics or if it started in the comics and sort of made its way into the Shazam movie and then back into the comics. That's not clear to me because the timing yeah. of the last two or three years is kind of weird. Right. And comics so, can happen so much faster than movies can. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so the next Wonder Woman movie, if it happens, if when did, um, when did Batman versus Superman and JLA come out? Did they come out in 2018 or? No. A little like, earlier. Like I about. Think. Yeah. Okay. Justice League, Justice League, I'll probably want to say was about three or four years ago and Batman versus Superman was a couple of years before that, but I'm going by feel. Okay. So 2015 timing by feel in 2020, even if it's <laughs> 2021 is kind of weird. So justice league was 2017. Okay. And okay. Batman versus Superman was 2016. Okay. okay. I was close. 16 and 17. Yep. So, um, it would make sense that, um, that the next Wonder Woman movie might be a, a movie about how she meets these guys, or was that already addressed? In, that was addressed in Justice League. Yeah, that was addressed. Okay, so she now, meets Superman and Batman, and Batman versus Superman. She shows up as Wonder Woman. That's okay. actually the first time we see Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Um, then she show. Then they have her movie, which tells her backstory, and then they have Justice League. Um, okay, and she's involved in there. They know who she is. Um, so, right. But yeah, yeah. I figure it's got to, you know, it's probably a modern times movie. They, you know, there's no reason to jump to like the 1990s. Um, right. Well that'd be all the way. Right. That'd right. be weird. What about uh, if it were a Harley Quinn uh, crossover or a Birds of Prey, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, okay. has she ever addressed them in, in the in the comics? Do you think? Has oh, she ever... I'm sure. I'm sure that they've that those characters have crossed over in the comics. But well, and know. they're and they're all friends in their in their own cartoon Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, but that's show. you know that's that might that, not be that show enough. I actually like. Right, um, yeah. but it's a completely no different version to... of the characters. Is telling you know here's all these characters when they're in a high school age. Right. Um, Okay, and what's that one called? DC Superhero, Superhero Girls? Girls or something like that. And what yeah. is what platform is that on? Um, that's been on Cartoon Network. Okay, okay, that's right. So, you have cable, Lee Bennett. Yeah, true. Uh, there was also a, there was also a line of, of Hot Wheels character cars for it. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, we're waiting. In, in addition here. to be able to see my superhero <laughs> stuff, I have to have cable because I have to watch my sports. But. Right, right. So um, I have this to say: it has been an hour. We have just scratched the surface of what is what a promises to be at least 13 more episodes about the DC universe. Yay. Uh, but yeah, well, you, uh, you never did get to talk about all the stuff that Jeff Johns has done, which uh, you wanted to talk about at some point. Yeah, right. But, well, it was because he's written. Uh, I think we read his Aquaman, didn't we? Uh, um, I don't remember. We're reading the Kelly Sue DeConnick Aquaman right now. Right, and then and then he did Superman, and I think he did a, gr a bunch of Green Lantern stuff, didn't he? The Green yeah. Lantern stuff was, in my opinion, his best work. Um, okay. Because he completely revamped the Green Lantern um, mythos. Because, uh, you know, you had the Star Sapphires, you had the Yellow Rings with Sinestro, Sinestro and the fear-based rings, but he created this whole spectrum of rings 
and created this whole backstory that says oh, how that these him? things got. Yeah. yeah, that's all him. Um, and the, the uh, black, which rain? honestly, I can't, yeah. I can't imagine. I can't. I don't understand why that that wasn't ha- that hadn't happened before. It's just so like once you have more than once one you have color. green and yellow yeah. and and red. What? Why hasn't somebody done a full rainbow of ring, rings like this? Yeah. But he did, well, and when but he, he did, did, he finally did it. Yeah. yeah. And oh, so that great. was all him. And, uh, you know, at the time he started Green Lantern, Hal Jordan was dead. You know, Hal Jordan had had this big thing and died. And back he brought in the, Hal Jordan back. in the back. 80s, right? Or early in 90s? The ni- in the early 90s, early I think 90s. it was. I mean, he was, he was out of comics for 20 four years. or five years when they had Kyle Rayner and Guy Gardner being the Green Lanterns. I think it was um, 20. And John Stewart. I think they let him stay dead for about 20 years. It was a long time. I don't think it was that long. But anyway, um, but yeah, you had other Green Lanterns. And I better not forget John Stewart because he's the green. He was the first Green Lantern of color. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, uh, and a great character in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but he brought back Hal Jordan in the comics and then created this whole long series of Green Lantern comics that were spectacular. Um, Just and he's, and he's done great stuff before. He's done great stuff since, but that to me was uh, his best work to date. So if he created the uh, so he, the Green Lantern is actually a core. Is mm-hmm. there like a Red Lantern core? There was, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so so the there was a core for all the different ones, uh, so all the, the different co- well, most of the different colors. Okay, um, orange was singular because um, it was the. It was the color of greed, so of course there can only there can only be one. Um, <laughs> the uh, uh, but there were you know the Sinestro core, the core of Yellow Lanterns existed before Jeff Johns got involved, and the Star Sapphires um, they weren't rings so to speak, but they existed. But the Red Lantern core, the Blue Lanterns um, or Indigo Lanterns. And in, no, blue and indigo are separate, but those as uh, cores was stuff that he created. And so, did he write one book about this, or did he write a pile of different books? It was he wrote the green, <laughs> he wrote Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Um, as an editor, he had control of some of these others. Where you had you had a Red Lantern comic book, you had a Green Lantern core comic book, which focused on a lot of the other characters. Um, and there were other people writing those, but he was the he was the editor in control of the Green Lantern line. So he directed he sort of directed it all. But there were several writers involved. But that all of that stuff tied together was so good. Um, it was so good. It was one of the things that survived when one of the times that DC recreated itself and rebooted a whole bunch of other characters. But the Green Lantern stuff was going so strong they left it alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but that, that stuff was just fantastic. What is he writing now? Do you know? Besides movies, obviously. Um, well, he's writing, he's writing the Shazam comic book right now. Okay. He's doing one of his own for um, image comics. Oh, and nice. he's doing, he, he's doing some, uh, I think he's doing a couple of other things, but he, you know, and, and he's writing a lot for the TV. Cause I think he's involved with the star girl series. Mm. Okay. Of course that was his creation. Right. Star girl. All right. Which uh, yeah. what uh, what TV series are you currently watching in the DC universe? I, I'm still watching several of them. I mean, Star Girl, Star Girl came on after the others sort of shut down early because of the pandemic, because it had already been filmed and hadn't been released yet. And 
that one I thought was fantastic because, um, well, first of all, it has a ton of Easter eggs for, you know, those comic <laughs> book fans of us. You can point to the TV and start laughing and confuse your wife um, <laughs> and, and then, then go on to Facebook and discuss it with the other people that are you know pretty deep into the long box. Because um, it's just got a ton of that stuff in it. And, you know, that's Jeff John's stuff because that man knows his way around a crossover. That's um, awesome. And that one I really enjoyed. Um, I thought they ended Arrow well. Okay. Um, I think this is going to be the last se- the last uh, se- um, season of Supergirl. And, okay. of course, they're going to be introducing a new one, which is, um, what are they calling it? Uh, Lois and Superman or something like that. But it's oh, really? Got, yeah, okay. it's got the, the guy who played Superman in all the crisis crossovers. It's going to be focusing on his life with Lois Lane. Okay. Um, okay. And that one promises to be kind of interesting because I thought he was a really good Superman. Have you seen any of the new Batgirl? Um, or Batwoman? Batwoman. Sorry, Batwoman. Yeah, I watched the first season of that one. Uh, they're redoing that one. Enti- they're they're mm-hmm. redoing the Batwoman character. Yeah, recasting you know, entirely. I yeah, I don't know what was going on there. That one was that one was also a bit of a mess to me. Okay. Um, some of the stuff they had in Gotham and some of the characters were really good. Some of the secondary you know, the not Batwoman characters. Um, right. I don't think it's quite fair to call them secondary characters because mm, they're right. primaries for the show, but they're not Batwoman. Right. Some of those were really interesting, like um, uh, Lucius Fox's son. Uh, mm. He was really good. Um, the woman that uh, plays uh, Batwoman's, uh, the adopted or uh, stepsister was stepsister. really good. But the whole series, I didn't think really... It didn't quite capture. It didn't gel the or Batman something. Batman stuff. It didn't gel because the the villain in there, and this was out of the comics. The villain in there was Batwoman's actual sister, and mm-hmm. she's crazy. I mean, she's mm-hmm. she's nuts. Oh wait, um, is like Joker level nuts. Yeah. Right, right. And, um, but yeah, she kills a bunch of name? people. Um, Mary. Yeah, no, they um like Hamburger Mary or something. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't that character. Um, <laughs> Because they, they, they tie it into Alice in Wonderland, but I, I'm not going to try to remember the character because okay. I'll get it wrong. But, you know, she kills a bunch of people and then Batwoman's going to stop her, but I can't put her away and give her to the cops because she's my sister. So, you know, I'm going to let her go and then she's going to kill a bunch of people. And just, right, right. Know, oh, no, 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 no. And hmm. it, it didn't it didn't work for me. Um, what, did you see that Gotham show where where Batman was a kid, where Bruce Wayne was a kid? Oh yeah, he loves yep. that show. Oh, Gotham, I thought was fantastic. Is that um, still going? It starts. No, they they ended their they ended the run on that one a couple of years ago. They told their story. They got out. Um, oh good. They they told the story to the point where he becomes Batman, and then the the very last episode, you see him in a bat suit. Oh, um, nice. and it's nice. just it's it, the the whole the whole see the whole thing where they ends and. The, you know, the kid is in the bat suit and he's perched on the gargoyle on the top of the whole building. I mean, you know, that, that, that's like major fanboy stuff right there. It was great. But <laughs> the characters in there, especially especially the actor they had playing um, the penguin was, was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the Riddler. The casting on that was was really, yeah. really good. Yeah, the cat. It, it's you know, it's Honestly, like a lot of these shows. It takes all the four casting, or five episodes to find its voice. I feel like the goes. casting in all of these shows has been exceptional. 
yeah. on all of the WB shows. Uh, Supergirl, like I instantly, I instantly re- like just completely believed that woman is Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she was. Uh, yeah. I love those first two seasons so yeah. much. And who, then who would have thought that Ducky could be a, be a Lex Luthor? But he was a fantastic Lex Luthor. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But the but the the actor is Ducky and um of uh, Pretty in Pink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and Pretty in Pink. <laughs> and, and he's done a whole bunch of other stuff. It, mostly right. comedy. He's done yeah. comedy stuff. And mm-hmm. but he's a fantastic Lex Luthor. I, so I never cool. would have expected it. Uh, John Cryer, I think, is his name. John Cryer, no small affair. Everybody, get out there, see a little-known Demi Moore <laughs> back when she was called Demi Moore, and pre-boob job, no small affair. <laughs> okay. John Cryer still has all of his hair. Anyway, um, and he plays a teenager. He plays a high school kid. It's yeah. a very mediocre movie, and I can only recommend it because uh, I saw <laughs> it when I uh, needed to see a mediocre movie. Uh, back in 87 or whatever it happened. Um, you guys, we are so over an hour. I can't even talk to you. (laughs) So this has been a delight. Uh, uh, I'm talking to Lee Bennett, Andy Ashcraft. It's been a spoiler episode of a lot of things and let's just, uh, and there (laughs) more will be revealed. All right, you guys, thanks a lot for being on the show and, uh, Rangers, you know, the rules out there, take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?